Station 2, San Jose Avenue. From our 901 Mission Street studios, you are listening to the San Francisco Chronicle. Welcome to Datebook Podcast. I'm Peter Hartlob here with San Francisco Chronicle reporter Sam Whiting. Welcome, Sam. Thank you. Our guest today is Glenn McCoy, longtime executive director of the San Francisco Ballet, who made a big announcement at the beginning of the season. Glenn McCoy announced uh, that he was retiring at the end of the season, which came as something of a shock because he was only 60 and giving up one of the great jobs in the arts in San Francisco or anywhere. Yeah, well, he talks about that in this episode. But I wanted to ask you, Sam, when I think of Sam Whiting's stories, I think of the town crier. I think of that great story you did about the poet laureate of San Mateo County. But you're covering ballet today. What interested you in McCoy and ballet to write the stories that you wrote about him earlier in the season? Well, I have a certain attraction to the ballet uh, because it's like hearing... A concert, being able to, but being able to see something on the stage that moves. And I like the athleticism of it. And I also like how that huge labor-intensive organization functions with all those dancers and orchestra members. And they run a school, and they have all those patrons to please all the time. So I got uh, interested in following Glenn around at his last gala. McCoy talks about his future plans, which include a long walk on the Camino de Santiago through Europe. And he looks back. McCoy shares one of the biggest disasters in ballet history, which is an objectively hilarious moment. Datebook Podcast, thanks for listening. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. We're here with Glenn McCoy, who's the uh, outgoing executive director of the San Francisco Ballet. And when I say outgoing, I mean out the door this week, June 28th, I believe is your That's last it. day, Glenn. So my first question to you is going to be, why give up this great job? <laughs> it is a great job, but um, 31 years, I think it's time to move on, maybe do something different. Why don't you tell us what an executive director does and what an executive director does not do at the San Francisco Ballet? Well, I tell people that I make sure they get paid on time. Uh, so a ballet company has an artistic director, handles all things artistic, and then the executive director handles the business side. So at San Francisco Ballet, that would make me... Uh, responsible for all of the contracting, scheduling, um, marketing, press, fundraising, all of that. And you do or do not dance? I do not dance. You've never danced? (laughs) In my living room. 
Why don't you tell us a little <laughs> bit about your background and how you landed with this job? I actually trained as an actor, uh, but pretty quickly got into management. Uh, right after uh, college, I moved to New York, uh, like everybody else who thought they were going to be an actor. Uh, but I got part-time work at the Metropolitan Opera in the marketing department, and I just loved it. So I decided I was going to bag the acting career and just uh, pursue um, pursue a career in administration. But um, And I was in marketing until the San Francisco Opera hired me in 1986. Um, so after being the advertising manager at the Met, uh, where a lot of what I did was promote American, American Ballet Theater's Met season and any of the big international ballet companies that came through, uh, I really fell in love with ballet. And so when the new management team at San Francisco Ballet invited me to cross Franklin Street, I was happy to do that. You glossed over my favorite part of your whole resume. <laughs> When you said you went to college, you didn't say where, Glenn. Ah, Appalachian State University in Boone, North Carolina. I take <laughs> it they don't have a dance major there, or do they? It was part of the PE department, so I I had to take uh, dance class in order to uh, get my degree. But uh, I let's just say I didn't have a gift for it. So uh, ballet. Uh, is one of the more is probably the most labor intensive, to my mind, of all the art forms because it involves both on stage act and a full orchestra. Correct? Why don't you tell us how many people, who does what, and what it takes to put on a ballet? So currently, uh, San Francisco Ballet is about a fifty-eight million dollar operation per year, um, and so we do have our own orchestra. One of the great ballet orchestras in the country. Um, we have 49 tenured players, but we play with an average of about 65 players. Uh, depends on the instrumentation. And then uh, there are probably about 75 professional dancers. Uh, then, of course, you've got a school with almost 400 uh, students enrolled um, and, a, and a big staff. It's a lot of people to put on just one ballet, right? That's right. More so than anything else you've experienced. More so than opera. Not necessarily. Opera is a pretty big operation too. Um, one of the things I loved about being in a ballet company, though, was um, the fact that uh, it's a resident company of artists. Um, I was used to at the Met, you know, the big opera stars coming in just for a few weeks, uh, but then they were gone. But here, you know, our stars uh, are with us all the time. They live here. They live here. Very interesting. And uh, so your talent, and this is no small talent, this might be the biggest talent involved, is shaking the trees for money. <laughs> My understanding is you took it from a $30 million budget to a $55 million budget now. How have you managed to accomplish that? What's your, what's your secret? Well, it's taken three decades, of course, but um, we always lead with the art. And ever since Helgi uh, became artistic director in 1985, I think he's really been pushing, uh, pushing our audiences. He's certainly pushing our artists. And uh, I would say that San Francisco now probably has one of the most sophisticated uh, audiences for dance uh, in the country. 
And uh, I think that sort of um, uh, drive and ambition uh, coming from the artistic team uh, is what really has uh, mobilized the community to support San Francisco Ballet. And you also take it on the road, in which case you have to promote it in all these other countries and cities. How does that work? We, um, we're a big company, so we don't do a lot of touring. Uh, we probably do two or three uh, weeks of touring per year, but we just came back from two weeks in London, which was very exciting. Um, we took the entire company. We did 12 different ballets, and all of them were UK premieres. Uh, we played at Sadler's Wells Theatre, where they really um, put a put an emphasis on commission work, and so we are. So they love seeing San Francisco Ballet come in and uh, see uh, choreographers that they don't get very often in London. Why is it important, from our point of view, for the San Francisco Ballet to tour internationally and nationally? Well, you know, I. I, I think we're a little geographically challenged, at least in the, the dance field. Uh, being on the West Coast, um, we have to, I think, work harder to uh, attract artists and keep them here. Uh, typically, a uh, ballet dancer might be based in uh, New York or London, and uh, they can pretty easily get to other companies. They do more guesting, that sort of thing. In order for us to attract the best talent, we have to have a strong touring program. We have to, uh, we have to do pretty sexy touring in order to uh, keep dancers interested. Uh, and it also helps uh, build the international reputation. You can't really be an international player in ballet if you're not seen. And do you go to every performance here when the, when the ballet season is on? Not every performance. I do try to see every cast. So that would be how many performances a year, would you say, a season? Oh, boy. Let's see. I see three or four uh, performances of each of our eight programs. And God knows how many nutcrackers I've seen. <laughs> and uh, do you have personal favorites? Of course. <laughs> You're going to tell us what they are? Of course not. <laughs> Tell me about the, uh, the Nutcracker. You're coming up on an anniversary. San Francisco Ballet was the first American company to produce the full-length Nutcracker in 1944. And so we'll be celebrating uh, the 75th anniversary of that first American Nutcracker. Do you remember your first day on the job at the San Francisco Ballet? I do. What happened? I actually um, had just left the opera and had been hired by the marketing director to edit a souvenir book for a tour to Asia that the company was, was going on. And so uh, I remember I didn't have a desk uh, or a phone. <laughs> I was sort of walking around with a clipboard. I still have the clipboard. Um, trying to gather all the photos and information I needed in order to put this book together. But I immediately um, liked the people I was working with. How important are personal relations between you and your board members? You know, I think uh, the personal relationships you build 
you know, with every part of the company are critical to making the work happen and to actually enjoying what I do. So uh, I've enjoyed more than three decades of a very supportive board, uh, very generous with their time and their resources. Um, I think, you know, when they when they brought Helgi in, uh, it really said something about the vision they had uh, for the for the ballet. I'm not sure even they uh, understood uh, how successful the company would would become, uh, but I know that they're very very proud. And uh, I know this because I watched you do it. You, at the opening, walk around with envelopes every year, correct? Right. Why don't you explain that to us? <laughs> well, uh, it's a, a little bit of a personal touch. Uh, I write a little note to uh, the major sponsors of the event uh, so that they know that they're welcome and uh, how much their support means to us. And uh, do you, what do you uh, foresee happening on your last day at work? Oh, that's a good question. Right now, it's blocked out for a lunch and to clean up 30 years of stuff. <laughs> it's not going very quickly. <laughs> Where will all that stuff go? A lot of it will go to, to our new place up in Sonoma, uh, but a lot of it will go to the archives. And uh, when you disappear up to Sonoma to grow these tomatoes, who's going to fill your shoes at the ballet? Uh, well, I am very excited um, that they have Kelly Tweedell coming in. Uh, Kelly has a solid background in uh, orchestra and opera management. She was with uh, the Seattle Opera for a long time, and now she's at the Vancouver Symphony Orchestra. Um, and I think she's going to be a terrific fit. What are going to be the big challenges going forward for the ballet? Well, I think the the same for many arts institutions. You know, we're working through some transition in how audiences uh, consume the work. Uh, more and more, uh, they're looking to engage digitally. Um, so I think all of us are watching trends uh, declining audiences. Uh, so I think we have to continue to look for, for ways to remain relevant. Uh, we do, that's why we're doing so much in the community these days. Uh, because again, it comes down to relationships and uh, we, we need to, uh, the ballet to be something that uh, everybody in San Francisco feels welcome at. Are we to assume then that like everything else, Kids will be watching ballet on their phones. They do already. Uh, they do already. But I think all of us in the performing arts, uh, we have to get better at telling the story of the power of the communal experience of live performance. I've always wondered if there are uh, any major fiascos on stage. I never happen to see any when I'm there, but I bet if you go there for see every, uh, four cast perform every show. You've seen some. I have. <laughs> um, well, there was one um, <clears throat> a few years ago in a performance of Giselle. Um, there are two uh, dogs that come on in the first act. And uh, I'm not telling tales out of school since I think it was in the Chronicle. Uh, but apparently the, they became amorous on stage. And 
<laughs> the cast couldn't couldn't get them apart, and so uh, after that, Helgi determined that there would only be one dog on stage at a time. Did the fire department have to come in with the hoses <laughs> to get the dogs apart? <laughs> they should have done. Uh, why don't you tell us about uh, what your plans are for retirement? Well, I have uh, given myself the first six months to not make any commitments, so I will be moving to Sonoma full-time next weekend. And uh, one thing that I have uh, scheduled is I'm going to uh, walk the Camino de Santiago across uh, northern Spain. It'll take me about five weeks. It's uh, 800 kilometers. And uh, so I have in my hand an item that you're carrying around with you. Why don't you explain <laughs> what this item is? Yeah, my marketing team uh, produced these seed packets, of tomato seeds, uh, with uh, my, my name on it and um, so that everybody can plant uh, tomatoes. Uh, I jokingly told uh, my board chair, uh, Carl Pascarello, when I told him last uh, summer that I was uh, not going to be renewing my contract, he said, oh, but you're still young. You know, what are you going to do up in Sonoma? I didn't know what to say, so I said, I'm going to grow tomatoes. So, actually, you wrote about it, Sam. Now it's become an urban legend, and I'm worried that people think I'm growing them commercially because everyone asked. <laughs> so, so the marketing team uh, came up with these uh, tomato uh, seed packets. Well, thank you, Glenn. But uh, for the record, I wrote about him twice. (laughs) Then it's your fault. (laughs) Thank you, Glenn McCoy, outgoing executive director of the San Francisco Ballet. You are listening to the San Francisco Chronicle. Thank you to Sam Hurwitt and our guest, Glenn McCoy. Our producer today is me, Peter Hartlob. Supervising producers are King Kaufman and Libby Coleman. Executive producer is Tim O'Rourke, and our editor-in-chief is Audrey Cooper. Our music is Midnight Special by Ease Jammy Jams. Read our columns and subscribe to The Chronicle at www.sfchronicle.com. Chronicle podcasts are on Apple Podcasts and other streaming services. Listen at www.sfchronicle.com slash podcasts with an S.